What's up, family? <sighs> I pray that you're doing well. Um, I haven't. I didn't plan for this episode. I didn't plan to do this. I don't have any notes. I don't have any scripture. I don't have a subject, a title, a topic, a focus. This is more so a rant. And this is more so just me freeing my mind. Um, so prayerfully it's beneficial, prayerfully it's purposeful, prayerfully Christ is seen. Uh, but this may be just as much for me as it is for you. I even have soft music playing just to help, <laughs> just to assist in these times. There's so much going on, so much. And that can be really overwhelming. Um, like every day you wake up, there's there's something else, you know? Um, there is so much on my mind, it's hard to even really find a place to start. But God is good. He's always been good. And it's really these troubling times that help us to see just the, the goodness of God. Um, a question that comes up so much in times of trouble or times of turmoil. Is, wow, if God is so good, then how could he let this happen? We really need to change our perspective and change our thought. God is so good that we see what life is like when we don't allow him to be our priority. We don't allow him to rule over our lives, right? God is perfect. Everything that happened is not as a result of uh, a fault of God by any means. It's the fault of man. It's sin. At the root of all of this is sin. And sometimes I think the answer is so simple, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. And just because we know the answer, just because we know the reason, doesn't mean we know everything. It doesn't mean we know what to do. It doesn't mean we know where to go. That's why we have Christ. That's why we have our Savior, our Lord and our Savior. So there's been a lot, again, a lot going on. There's obviously the, this pandemic, um, something we've never seen before. <coughs> Excuse me. Never seen before and literally never could have anticipated which I find amazing because how many things happen in life that we really can just anticipate. Like we know trouble is coming. We know that hard times are coming. That's part of life. But for something to happen that pauses the whole world and catches the entire world by surprise, um, and it doesn't matter whether a person is rich or a person is poor, 
doesn't matter if a person is depressed or if a person is, you know, full of love for themselves and confidence. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your background, your belief. How often does something occur that throws all of us off guard? Um, and so it's and it's crazy that so much is taking place. But even in the midst of a pandemic, the pandemic isn't of the utmost priority. Um, we have people risking their lives daily in public protest with their group of people, with the crowds of people, because of causes that are so much more important. Um, and it shows the importance of the protest, and it shows the the passion behind it to know each person is risking their lives to do so. Because quite honestly, it's a bigger threat to our lives to not do so. Um, we've, we as in black people have died over the years from another pandemic, from a pandemic that's been consistent with no vaccine, from a pandemic that's a systemic, that was planned, that was set up, that's prepared. But yeah, a pandemic that could be so subtle that even us that are infected can forget. Um, and then there's, there's been a lot of reports of sexual assault not even necessarily reports, but accusations and public accusations. And that's been a burden on my heart um, to, see, to see how we treat black women, to see how we treat women in general when it comes to their bodies and their consent and their choice. It's ridiculous. It's heartbreaking to say the least. Um, so that's that's another thing that's been in my heart. And I guess the biggest thing that's been in my heart throughout all of this is where where does the church stand? Where does Jesus stand? Uh, and where do we go from here? I think those have been the biggest questions in my head, in my mind, as I go through everything that you're going through. As I see every story that you see, as I cry or weep or mourn, just like you are, as I am sometimes overwhelmed and empathy, just as you are, as I try to fight the numbness of just expecting another bad story or another bad day, just as you are. Where is Jesus in times like this? What side does he stand on? And the Bible is actually very clear. The Bible is very clear where Jesus stands. Jesus came for those that were oppressed. He came for us. He came here. God formed himself into man to save those that are oppressed, to save the least of those, to save the least of us. It's very clear that Jesus stood for 
those who could not stand for themselves. Um, and that's just all throughout the Bible. Again, I don't have any scriptures prepared. I don't have any of that. But the character of Jesus shows you that he was always with the ones that were persecuted, the ones oppressed, the ones that were considered lowly or needy, um, handicapped. He was, those are the people that he came for. He didn't come to save those who considered themselves righteous. He came to save those who knew they needed saving. Um, and Lord, do we know we need saving right now? Because we know that in the character of Jesus, we know where we should stand. We know that we should always fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. That is scripture. We know that we should always be on the right side of justice, on the right side of equality, on the right side of equity, because that's where Jesus stands. And so what does that look like tangibly? It's a great question. I don't have all the answers by any means, but I know uh, first and foremost that our voice is significant as a church. Our voice is significant as people who profess a faith in Jesus Christ. And our silence is very telling in many times. Um, and so I know on one hand, we cannot afford to be silent. On the other hand, we must seek God always for our answers. We can't be so quick to side with one side or the other because um, we'll never be We'll never be able as Christians, as believers, to fully believe or conform to anything of this world. There's always going to be some type of outlier, some type of biblical principle um, that would not necessarily be the, the culturally acceptable route to take. Um, so I, I caution us from standing wholeheartedly on one side or the other, but to make sure that we're standing with Christ in the fullness of Christ and the uniqueness of Christ. Uh, at the same time, I know that there's a Christ answer for all of this. Again, Christ ate with sinners. He dined with sinners often. Um, he dined with the tax collector. He went and met the prostitute where she was. He, he never condemned anyone. But it was very clear where he stood. Very clear. The Bible was always very clear. His words, his guidelines, his mode of operation were always very clear and never in question. Never had to question the motive of Jesus because he was fully in the moment. He was always completely 100% present 100% compassionate, 100% understanding, but at the same time, he was 100% holy, 100% just, 100% never falling back or watering down the word of God. So Jesus shows us that we can be both present and prayerful. We can be both 
honest and holy. We can associate ourselves with the situation. We can empathize in the situation and at the same time not be affected by the situation, not embrace the situation wholly to where we are now identified in it um, and to not get lost in the situation. The Bible tells us that the light of Christ cannot be comprehended by darkness. So yes, we should have the boldness and the confidence and the authority to walk in the dark places and dark situations, but by no means should we leave out dark. And by no means should we get lost in the darkness. But the light that resides on the inside of us, that same light of Christ, is what should overcome the darkness every time. And so I think that tells a lot. I think on one hand, you have to know that your light can't be comprehended. And you have to trust that. You have to believe that. And you also have to be able to have the, the strength and the boldness to step in the darkness but yet not be comprehended by it, yet not give up your light and choose darkness. Um, another thing, this is just kind of a rant, like I said, but another thing that I've been questioning and thinking about a lot is how do we protect, advocate, support black women? Um, and for a multitude of reasons, a multitude of situations has brought this to my attention. One of those definitely being all of the sexual assault accusations that um, I've seen or heard of. Um, and how many women are carrying these burdens day in and day out with no form of relief, no form of letting it out, with no form of healing essentially, um, and for those women that believe in Christ, I think it's a disservice to them if they have to hold this in because they don't feel like they have the space to let it out. Um, I think that it's important that our women know that the church is a place that they can go for God's counsel, that the church is a place that they can go to even when they don't know what they need, um, a place that they can go to when they just need to feel protected. I wholeheartedly believe the church needs to be a place that a person can go to that feels sacred, that, that legitimately feels like the house of God or they feel protected, um, even if they just need to sit there they need to talk, if they need counsel, if they need advice, if they need a therapy, if they need a hug. I feel like these things should definitely be found in the church. Um, so the fact that we don't necessarily have that environment is telling. And it tells you a lot about our priorities in the church. Um, it tells a lot about what we choose to preach about, what the life we choose to live, and the Christianity we choose to display. Um, and so many times I've heard of women of God being silenced in the church, um, being objectified in the church, being abused in the church, being misused within the church. And ultimately, this just creates another environment where uh, the four walls are just four walls in themselves. 
in inside of those four walls is no different than outside of those four walls. When it comes to the safety and the protection and the sanity and the clarity and the purity of women, and that is a huge problem. It grieves my heart truly. Um, and I often ponder and think and pray on what do we do? How can we change this? How can we be a church where everyone is completely submerged in the full protection of God and this becomes a safe place in the sense that the people here wholeheartedly believe in the God that loves all of you, knows all of you, and we do our best to live to that same standard. And we, we do our best to live to the holy standard. Um, and so the, I believe the church should be a place where situations are taken care of in the case of sexual assaults or assaults of any kind. I believe the church should be a place where women should go, be able to go and receive the counsel that they need, receive the help, the assistance that they need. No case is the same. So I'm not saying that there should be um, a step-by-step -step to this by any means. But I know that sometimes in my times of distress throughout life, I would literally get in my truck and drive to church. And sometimes I would, I would just go in there and sit in the sanctuary where no one else was there and cry. There's times where I would just go in there and find my pastor or find someone I can speak to at the moment. And there are times where I just walk the building, but I just knew I needed to be there. And I'm not sure that the women can say the same thing. I think that the church really needs to be a place where women know that they can just be there. Um, and they don't have to worry about the ways of this world, the wickedness of this world. Um, I believe that the church should really be a place where women feel safe, literally feel safe, feel free, with the ability to be vulnerable, the ability to show their true emotions, their true feelings, the ability to find healing, the ability to find accountability, the ability to find comfort and peace, because the God that we serve provides those things, and he certainly blesses his children to provide those things for one another and to be there for one another and to glorify his name through one another. So we have work to do in that regard. We definitely also have work to do in the regards of racial injustice, social injustice, and injustice, and injustice of all kinds. I tweeted it once before, but God is 100% love and 100% just. And it does God a disservice when Whenever we are faced with times of injustice in any form, we only try to preach the love of Christ as the, as the end-all, be-all answer. Because God is a God of justice, and God is a God of protection. He's a God of sovereignty, um, and he's a God who enables us and enforces us to proclaim his glory throughout the darkness of this world. And it does a disservice to God, truly. It does God a disservice to only speak of his love in a form to um, 
not really tackle problems or not give tangible solutions or to not be actively engaged in justice. Because Jesus is needed in the judicial system of this world, truly, wholeheartedly, 100%. And Christ tells us over and over again through our scripture to be there for those that are in need. And what better case than that than in the form of racial injustice going on right now? Um, we should be on a front line, I believe. I believe we should be the first ones called um, in cases like Breonna Taylor, where justice still hasn't been served. Uh, cases like George Floyd, cases like uh, Deshaun Reed, I believe his name is. And so many cases. I just heard of a case here in Michigan from yesterday, I believe, um, of a child being um, restrained for throwing an object in a building. And this restraint was by the adult body and the adult body weight being placed on this child, which ultimately um, led to his death. We should definitely pray. We should Prayer is our lifestyle. Prayer is the beginning, the middle, and the end. Um, we don't we don't pray as the only action. We don't pray and then do. We pray continuously. We pray when we hear the story. We pray when the outbreak happens. We pray for guidance into what as to what to do. We pray for the strength to do it. And we pray that God is with us as we do it and that God gets the glory at the end of it. So prayer is not, it's not a matter of when we pray because prayer is what we do the entire time. But prayer can't be the only answer. Um, God did not just call for us to just pray and leave it there. God is definitely a God of action. And my prayer is, Lord, make me an answer. Uh, I pray to you, certainly. I give all to you. But Father, help me to show your glory in these dark situations. Help me to show you to someone who can't even see you right now. Make me an answer. Um, and I pray the same for, uh, I pray that that is a position that we're all led to be in, where we're, we're not sufficient with just a prayer in every case. But there, God has given us the ability. He's enabled us to do more than just that. Um, but certainly pray. But there's more to be done. I'm not saying you have to be at the front of the protest because not everybody needs to be there. But God has given you your gifts. He has given you your unique capabilities to shine his light through you in the area in which he has given you. And you do got a disservice not to do so. And you limit the hand of God when you decide that prayer is the end all be all. So family, we have a lot to do. Um, there's so much work that needs to be done. I'm gonna end this rant. I don't wanna go on forever, but I just, I, I'm gonna end in prayer. But I just like to say that um, I am so deeply grieved and sorry to all of the people we've lost recently and just this deep spirit of hate, simply hate because you're black. Um, 
or because hate because you're a woman and there's a power dynamic that some incompetent man insensitive man insecure man uh, was not okay with and thought that he had the power to take your life from this place so I think of Toyin and this time um, and I think of all the other black women that we failed I think of all of our brothers and sisters that we failed uh, and uh, I'm so sorry and my heart is grieved and I, I continuously pray that there's more that we can do I pray that we do more proactively rather than reactively Jesus I'm praying that we can be a proactive answer um, I'm praying that the church really steps up and I hear that all the time. The church needs to step up. We need to step up. But no, I'm praying that each and every person that hears this falls on their knees and really asks God, what is it that you want me to do? Because I'm not asking for pastors to stand up. I'm not asking for mega churches to stand up. I'm asking for every single individual who believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and has received the Holy Spirit to step up and to do what God has given you the authority and the power to do through him so that he receives the glory in these dark times. I'm praying that you do your part to spread the love of Jesus Christ to places where love doesn't exist. Um, and I'm praying that you do your part to show the compassion and the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations. So Father, we come to you now. Thank you for being God. And thanking you for just all that you do, all that you are. Father, let us find our complete identity in you. So that when we feel like a, a rage is building within us, that we don't feel separated from you. Or when we feel the daily oppression and the daily weight and burdens of just being black, we don't feel like it's not an identity that's found in you. It's not part of us that we can bring to you. But God, help us. Give us the strength. Give us the courage to just leave all of ourselves at your feet. God, let us be identified completely in you. Let us be the new creature that you've created us to be when we accepted you. God, I'm praying for your love to overcome this world. Empower us, enable us, Father, to spread your love boldly, to spread your love without care of a persecution, care of offense, Father, and just have a supernatural compassion. God, I'm praying for black, white, everything in between, everything outside of, Father, that we will all fall on our knees and submit ourselves to you, repent of our sins, and turn towards you and follow you and walk with you. I pray for the wickedness within this world, God. Your word tells us that this, the wicked will find new ways to sin. And we wake up every day, Father, and it's true. It's evident. We see it. But God, the one thing that has never failed us is you. And your word has never failed us. And your love has never failed us. And you've never forsaken us. So God, I pray right now, asking that you continue to remind us and strengthen us and encourage us to be the people that you've called us to be. Help us to walk boldly with the light that you've given us into any dark place, Father. So ultimately, being here in this world, we're in a dark place. 
and there's not too many places within this world, Father, that aren't that are not dark. But God, your light cannot be comprehended, and your light is so great. So God, help us, help us. But what this world needs is you. What this world has always needed is you. Help us to long for you, to look for you, to fear you. Help us to serve you, Father, even when we don't know what to do. Help us to submit and serve you. Help us to fall down on our knees, to cry out to you for help, to cry out to you for our answer, to cry out to you for our refuge. God, I'm praying for a supernatural healing for all of those who have been assaulted. God, I'm praying that your comfort really is released and a peace that they can't understand, Father, is released over them. And I'm praying, Father, that they know where that peace and that comfort comes from. Because God, you and your godness, you have the ability to turn all things that were that tried to break us and all things that tried to kill us and hurt us. You had the ability to turn all that for good. So, Father, I'm praying that this situation be no different and you turn each and every one of their deepest fears, their deepest hurts, their deepest pain, deepest sorrow. Pray that you use it for your good and ultimately you receive the glory. Father, we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, asking that your name stand above all names within our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you all for listening. I pray that you be blessed. Bless you. I love you. Keep God first. Until next time.